Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 107 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm Jesse Burrell. I'm your host. I'm joined, as always, by my usual co-host, Riley McConnell. And Isaac Bass is back on the show, guys. Gentlemen, great to have you both here. Today on the show, we have a lot to talk about, guys, including a big bombshell as Alec Manoa has been demoted, not to Buffalo, not to New Hampshire, but all the way down to the Florida Complex League. We'll have our instant reactions on that. What comes next for Alec Manoa? What comes next for the Blue? Jays and all the fallout of that. Plus, we got to recap the series that just was against the Houston Astros. Chris Bassett was doing his filthy stuff again. Kevin Gosman is doing it again. Brandon Belt is on fire and so much more, guys. But first, remember, our show is free and we're available on all platforms. So please, if you're watching us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and anywhere you can find your podcasts, you can find Buds and Blue Jays. Guys, before we get into the game recaps, uh, first of all, how are you both? You guys doing good? Feeling all right? Well, a uh, little bit, little bit shaky um, after. Well, the big news. I know we just won three out of four. I feel all right. Bassy, longtime watcher of the pod, longtime Blue Jay watcher. We want an outsider's opinion. How do you feel, sir? And intro song creator Isaac Bass. I will say that. Um, <laughs> yes, I. F- <laughs> I feel damn good. I'm dressed in my fancy work attire because that's what Alec Manoa is going to have to do right mm-hmm. now in the Florida Complex League. So yeah, I'm sure we'll get to lots of that today. Gentlemen, no time to waste. Let's get right into it. The big news coming out of Toronto Blue Jay land is that Alec Manoa was a part of a several roster moves that the Blue Jays made on Tuesday afternoon. But the big one was him going down to the Florida Complex League. Riley, you and I had talked about this in episodes prior on whether or not the Blue Jays should actually do this move to see if it would be what it takes to fix the Toronto Blue Jays. Riley, I'm in shock. I did not think the Blue Jays would actually do this. I fully expected Alec Manoa to make his start on Saturday against Minnesota. But ultimately, it wasn't going to happen and guys for good reason his season stats this year 13 starts 58 innings pitched he's one in seven with a 636 era his k per nine has dropped to 7.5 on the year his walks per nine skyrocketed to 6.52 the home runs are way up and he accumulated negative 0.6 war on the season frankly guys that is not the stat line for a big league pitcher so we have a lot to talk about about this demotion here but i want to get your both instant reaction when you heard this news riley we'll start with you what was your first thought when you heard this news so I actually tweeted out um, pretty much before he got sent down. Um, I It was kind of a joke. I said, hey, stand by. Like, we're going to do a poll. Which fast food restaurant do you think is best for Alec Manoa? Whatever. Just joking around, not even thinking, you know, anything of it. Because for me, it was after watching that, my thought in my head is like, the next words after he leaves his ball diamond should be, would you like fries with that? Because it was another <laughs> abysmal start. And I hate to be so critical of Alec Manoa, but this is a guy who went from burning hot last year and even starting his big league career was just on fire. And we step into the start of this year and it's just been nothing but tragedy for Alec Manoa. I actually feel bad for this guy. He's a fantastic mm-hmm. pitcher, a great presence for this Toronto Blue Jays team. And you know, he's a competitor. I pers- I feel terrible that this is happening. Happen, but it's 100% the right move. I, after the Jolks home run in, uh, in, well, 
everything was in the first innings. After the Corey Jolks um, grand slam, I thought, okay, he's got to come out of the game. He stayed in the game for a couple more batters, gave up a couple more hits. Like it was just, it's just got to be torturous for this guy. Let's get his damn confidence back. Let's try something new. I'm definitely okay with this move. Whatever is going to win us ball games in the long run, because clearly one in seven with a god awful over six earned run average, and I don't even want to know. I might have to find a garbage can if I even say what his whip is because it's just these are numbers that I don't like and just nothing has been going right for him. Let's just build something back. I'm 100% cool with this move. I think it's the correct move but I feel for Alec Manoa because I can only imagine what a competitor like him is thinking and how much this has really shaken his confidence. Isaac, how about you? What was your initial thoughts when you heard the news about Alec Manoa on Tuesday? (laughs) My initial reaction was, what the hell is the Florida Complex League? (laughs) Um, (laughs) If I'm being totally honest, uh, Jesse, for all the people who don't know, because I did look it up, can you just explain to the viewers what the hell the Florida Complex League is? From my understanding of the Florida Complex League is this is the league that people who are drafted in the MLB draft, this is their very first step they go into before they even reach like the Florida Summer League, before they even reach any of this. This is like the lowest down the totem pole you can go. The reason why Alec Manoa is sent here to this league, by the way, is because that's where the Blue Jays' ergonomic cameras are. That's where their training facility is. That's where all this stuff is, and that's what they're going to do for Alec Manoa, which is kind of scary a little bit when you think about it, right? Because they could have just sent Alec Manoa down to Buffalo, right? He could have pitched there. He could have pitched pretty much pressure-free, but he could have worked on things. No, like, this is how I think about this Alec Manoa demotion all the way to the Florida Complex League. It's not turning your computer off and turning it back on. This isn't even unplugging your computer and plugging it back in. This is getting a full factory reset on the guy. Like they are putting this guy back to default settings and trying to get a clean slate for Alec Manoa here. And that's my takeaway about the Florida Complex League. He's got a long way to go. He's going to face some young guys, guys he should dominate against. And when he does get back to pitching, so so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that I was, like, worried about him up here is that he's such a competitor and, like, you can't try things here. And this is going to give him the opportunity to, like, fix his slider, you know, to get some velocity up maybe and, like, just try things. And if people, even young guys, hit it out of the park, who cares? You know, at least he's trying to get his stuff back. So that's what I'm super excited for him, too. Like, he's going to have 10 fans in the building watching. Well, who knows? Maybe the Florida Complex League's fans will go through the roof now that Alec Mono is there. But I would. it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be totally pressure free for him. And I think that's going to be really help because I think he is an ace pitcher in major leagues. Because it's hard, right? It's hard to pitch at that level, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, listen, we've seen him. He has tools of what it takes to be a big league ace, but he's got to refine something. Bass, you're absolutely right. Like whoever he's pitching in front of, man, it doesn't matter. Let's let's hey, it's the same thing when I, I'm just playing MLB the show, um, you know, like an hour ago. If I'm having troubles pitching or hitting, what do you do? You lower the difficulty, right? That's what they've done sure, for him. Yeah. They've brought him back a little bit. OK, let's build our confidence up, locate our pitches better. Yes, maybe try something else maybe try and work on our you know velocity our arm angle our slot whatever it's going to take whatever it's going to take man because i mean they said enough was enough i mean i personally if we were to come back here and this demotion did not happen and then jesse you asked us what's next i wouldn't have said florida complex i wouldn't have have said 
I would have said give him a couple starts in Buffalo. I mean, yeah. you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. This is a full factory reset, man. And I mean, is it a long? The road is as long as Alec Manoa is going to make it because if he gets his stuff back and shows progression really quick, then he'll progress really quick. But I mean, if he's going to struggle down there, then it's going to be a long journey, man. And like we could, I mean, we could be one of the quickest flare outs, not only in Blue Jays history, but this could go down as one of the more notorious flare outs in MLB history, man. I mean, there's a lot of bands that are one hit wonders, of course, too many to name. But if you want to talk about a one pitch wonder, a one year wonder in the major leagues, I mean, Alec Manol will be known as that guy if he doesn't get his craft back or develop something new at the minor league levels and then build his way back up to our major league pitching staff, which is his goal. And that's where we expect to see Alec Manoa. I think that's the hardest part is we go in opening day starter. You know, he had the year he did. We expected this much of Alec Manoa and he's totally floundered. It's wild for a guy just to fall flat on his face because not only was Alec Manoa so good in his first two years in the big leagues, he was dominant in the minor leagues when he drafted him. Alec Manoa was dominant in his last year at college too. Alec Manoa has been nothing but very good at baseball for the past six, seven, eight years. And the fact that it just disappeared from him suddenly is astonishing. Guys, I've, I've thought about this quite a bit over the last few days, and I'm kind of comparing this to like a bad breakup with someone you love, like someone like your girlfriend or whatever, because what happens is your first initial few weeks after the breakup, you're in shock, right? You're in parable. You don't think anything's going to go right. You don't know what's going on. You have no answers. You are down in the dumps for a few weeks. But then it's after your first three weeks, you start to build yourself back up again. You start to climb. You start to find out what makes you tick. The motivation comes back to try to be even better than you were. And I think that is a tentative plan of what is going to happen for Alec Manoa. He feels terrible. He said he's felt terrible. His teammates, I have quotes from them. I can read them here too. But the general gist of them is that they feel terrible for Alec Manoa. Everyone doubts that he's going to be back. Alec Manoa has always been this confident guy. You know, the pressure is something you put in tires type of guy that he can go up and he can be dominant again. It's just going to take some time. I don't know if this means we're going to see him in a few weeks. I don't even think he's going to be pitching for a while. This is going to take some time for Alec Manoa to build back up. How hard is it, man, to put an actual clock on this? I mean, like, hey, like, that's what I said. It could, it's as long as Manoa is going to make this this happen. It's it's all on him, which it shouldn't really be all on him. I'm sure there's a lot of good coaches that will help him out because it's a big recovery. Everyone in the Blue Jays organization wants to see him on that level that he was and will do anything in their power and Alec Manoa himself to, to do that. So, I mean – is it a long road ahead? Is it a short road ahead? I mean, I, Jesse, I can't even guess, man, on on what kind of assignment this is going to be longevity-wise. I mean, the idea is let's just get this guy throwing the ball well and let's get him back as soon as possible because let's face it, I mean, we already have a couple pitchers on IL, Hunjin Ryu included. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to take his spot and be at effective? We really don't know yet. He hasn't pitched on a major league hill in quite some time now, but um, it's not it's not a good thing to do. But it's what had to happen, I guess. And I, I again, I, I don't disagree with the uh, the call to demote him at all. Isaac, what are your thoughts here on what we're going to see next from Alec Manoa now that he officially isn't a Toronto Blue Jay? Uh, I still have complete faith that he's going to be back. We by the end of the month um the end of the month eh uh, that's my thoughts yeah wow. i think I, I don't i don't think i think this guy once again i keep talking about his mindset and i've been wrong so far this year but i'm gonna be right in the end um he's gonna figure it out by by the end of the month i mean 
like what do we got? Bowden Francis is going to be our our guy Seems right like now. It. Yep. And, and Mitch White sucks, and Ryu isn't ready yet. So, and the rest of our minor league guys aren't ready. So it might be like they might right now be like you know what, no pressure, figure your stuff out, and maybe Bowden Francis pitches awesome, but they're going to need him if we're going to make a serious run at a good spot. Um, even you know the pennant might be uh, a ways away, but uh, I'm confident that he's going to be back soon. Um, I just want to say it's been three years in a row that whoever has been our opening day starter has completely shit the bread. Isn't that for the ridiculous? Rest of the year. Isn't yeah, that what, ridiculous? Yeah, <laughs> Ryu Barrios and uh, now Manoa. So maybe next year put like uh, you know Thomas Hatch as your opening day starter. <laughs> you know, run it back and then uh, we'll get rid of that. <laughs> Holy big league manager, Isaac Bass, totally, <laughs> totally the right move, man. We're getting, we're totally getting the Thomas Hatch type guy. Hey, problem solved though. If you want to talk, you know, Bowden Francis, whatever option, I think it's about time is that we, you know, we're not going to have this discussion, this episode too much to talk about, but we'll see how Pearson does, but I wouldn't be opposed to seeing what Nate Pearson can do to start a ball game either, because I mean, he's, um, Hey, a spot opens up, man. And I am all for that. So the jersey money ready. (laughs) That's true. He's (laughs) he's coming up to his thirty innings pitch. So we're getting there. But uh, the plan as of now, I think, is Bowden Francis was part of that large flurry of transactions that the Blue Jays made. He has been called up. He will be in the Blue Jays pen. I don't think he was used today. I did not watch the game today, but it seems like Barrios pitched long enough that they did not have to use Bowden Francis today. So it seems like he is likely going to start Saturday in his place in Minnesota. I have his stats. He was pretty good over his last two starts. He's got a good curveball. Bowden Francis could be successful in the major leagues. But guys, before we move on to that, I want to go back about Alec Manoa because there's still so much we have to hash out about this. What is the plan here for Alec Manoa? Like, what do you want to see from him down there before he gets ready? Because guys, I want to see him get that slider bite back. I want to see swings and miss on that slider. I want to see the fastball velocity increase. And I want to see that bite and that spin rate up. I also think guys... And now, Riley, you and I have talked about this before about Alec Manoa. We don't think his weight is a problem. We didn't really think the pitch clock is a problem. But what I think Alec Manoa might have done in his offseason is he might have actually done some weight training to his upper torso. Scott Mitchell of TSN just reported this, too, that Alec Manoa might have added some chest muscle. And because of that, when he has so much mass there, it's tougher to get your shoulders through the zone quicker. Like, as a pitcher, you almost got to turn your body into a whip, almost, to really get that good release and to get things going, right? Alec Manoa hasn't been able to do that, and that could explain why he lost some bite, a bite on his slider. So if it's the case they want to get his body more toned and in shape, dude, I've been dieting for two and a half years now. It is not easy to get that out there and to go about and make that happen. If that is the case, it could be an extended stay for Alec Manoa in uh, the Florida Complex League. So you want to talk about stuff that you that I want to see personally. So let's just talk about pitching fundamentals and three things come to mind. You have velocity, control, and movement. So yes, let's just let's just die, let's just rip this band-aid off and just diagnose it right here and there. Velocity, yes, you want to see velocity up on this fastball. Um, movement, yes, the slider with more bite. That's for sure. Those two things, talking about his his one A, one B pitches there. Number three. Control, just general control. I found that this year he had just thrown way too many uncompetitive pitches um, that are very wasteful in certain spots. And I mean, he's not trying to miss by that much. Of course, an 0-2 
you know, curveball in the dirt is supposed to be an 0-2 curveball in the dirt, but that's not the case with Manoa, and he's just been missing his spots way too often and by far too much. So that's that's a big one for me as well, and that's just the three fundamentals of, of, as far as everything else where your analytics take over, Jesse, which is like your spin rates and whatever else. That's far beyond my level of, you know, how I break down pitching, of course, never being a pitcher myself. I can look at the stats and go, okay, yep, I, I know what that is. Uh, RPMs, whatever, doesn't matter. Let's just get our fundamentals back before let's 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 walk before we can run. In a sense, is what I'm saying, Jesse. I agree. Isaac, do you have a take on that? Yeah, I mean, last year, what was awesome too? It, it wasn't just his slider and his fastball, but his sinker was um, yeah, really was good, good too. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, it's the same kind of deal with like when you see those like two pitches, uh, the like a Kevin Gosman like a splitter and a fastball, and they're showing like. Uh, how they're going into the zone. Like that was one thing that he could, that he was doing a lot last year with his sinker um, just to throw batters off. And I haven't noticed much of that pitch being thrown or being thrown effectively this year. He hasn't been getting ahead in counts like he was last year because mm-hmm. last year he was getting ahead on counts. And that's why he, there were so many games where he could have done a complete game because his pitches were still under a hundred by the ninth, ninth inning. And now like within the first three innings, he's clocking 60, 70 pitches And one thing that I have noticed too about him is that it's just a few innings, you know, like other than like last game, last game was just incomprehensively bad, but for the most part, he'll get into games and he'll have two terrible innings, but then the rest he'll look kind of like Alec Manoa of last year. And that's, what's got to be so frustrating is because you, you see it, it's right there. It's just these blowups, whether he gets in his own head or something, or I don't know what's going on, but he needs to fix those bad times. And as we saw t- today, I'm sure we'll get to with um, who I've Valdez pitching. Yeah. If you let your emotions get the best of you, you're not going to be the same type of pitcher unless you're a Marcus Stroman as you know, as you could be. So he's got to get those settled a little bit. Um, but I'm once again, I'm a full believer that Alec Manoa is going to turn around and, and start a playoff game for us uh, this year. God, I hope you're right, Isaac. And I will say, going back to the point, even if you look at that, his last two starts he made here, the one against Milwaukee, he only gave up, I think, two earned runs. The rest of the line was a struggle. He only pitched four innings because he still threw 20-plus pitches an inning. But two earned runs isn't bad. And in this last start against Houston, the leadoff hit he gave up was a bloop over right field. And then the second one was that bunt. He tried to blow foul that honestly could have been foul. It was a perfect bunt from Jeremy Pena. So be it. The third hitter that inning was a ground. It was hit hard, but it was a ground ball to Vladdy. With Vladdy makes a clean play on that, that's a double play. That ball game is different. And I think if that game turns... And even... The Corey Jolks grand slam that he hit was actually not a terrible pitch. It was a, it was a sinker running in. It was out of the zone. Corey Jolks just put a good swing on the ball and hey, a grand slam. It happens. I do think that Alec Manoa's demotion and his stats, he was a little unlucky, but still that doesn't take away from the fact that he was bad, objectively bad and did not deserve to be a major league pitcher right now. So I do kind of agree with you here on that though. Yeah. I mean, cause Gosman was unlucky last year and he yes. was still amazing. Right. Yes. So like, yeah, we can only chalk that up to so much, but yeah, the, you, you see what I'm saying where it's like, he still has, it's there. You can still see it every once in a while. It's just few and bar, far between right now, but I think he'll figure it out. And I think Riley, you can have a take on this too. I think that gives you confidence that there is a breakout back in Alec Manoa that he can come back and he can be a stud here. Do you think so? I mean, we're not talking about a guy who's 34 years old. We're talking about a very young starting pitcher who we know we know he can get it back. They're under the surface right now in him. 
the fight, the tiger, whatever animal is inside him, like just waiting to come out, come back out, whatever, you know, whatever he's got to do to make that happen. I don't care. Um, like Bassie, I'm with you. I wish he could be, I want him to be pitching by the end of this month and I want him to be pitching well by the end of this month, but I'm probably going to double your time. Like, and say, hopefully two months. Like I hope, listen, I hope he's around in August when we're in the dog days, when God knows what's going on, how our roster is. I mean, the health of players, everything trades being made. I mean, I just want Alec Manoa to be, to be ready, to be comfortable because he definitely wasn't comfortable, man. Yeah. I have a quick question just for you before you carry on both of you. Um, Does this change the Blue Jays plans at the trade deadline or before in terms of, you know, looking for a starting pitcher? Oh man, it almost has to, doesn't it? Like the Blue Jays starting pitching debt was thin as it is. As things stand today, the Blue Jays are still the only team in baseball to only use five starting pitchers. If you're keeping track at home, Zach Thompson was just DFA'd. He was one of the guys in that flurry of transaction that went there. Drew Hutchinson has just uh, granted his unconditional release. So unless you're relying on Casey, like Bowden Francis is now up with a big league team too. So unless you're relying on Casey Lawrence or Thomas Hatch to make more starts with your Toronto Blue Jays, we've seen that before. I think starting pitching depth, especially at the trade deadline, needs to be a priority, if not sooner than the trade deadline. I'm kind of surprised that the Blue Jays haven't looked to Madison Baumgartner, who's been DFA'd a month ago, try to bring him in here, or Zach Plezak, who just got DFA'd by Cleveland. Like, why haven't they tried to bring a guy who might not be good, but could at least put up serviceable innings? Because that's really what the Blue Jays need right now. And I'm surprised they haven't done any of that. Well, don't you think like a guy like, you know, the Blue Jays are so adamant, other than Anthony Bass for some reason, about having that like, you know, good character players. Don't you think like maybe the Madison Bob Gardner, like his character is a little bit of the issue there. That must be the reason he hasn't signed with a team yet. And I Mm -hmm. I think that's gotta be either that or Madison Baumgartner's just said he's done, but it's, yeah, it's something like that. I mean, give me please all damn day, man. You're talking about maybe the second, second blue Jay name, please the closer there. Uh, Dan, please I think is what his name was. Um, I, what, I'm just I'm today years old when I found out that they DFA'd Zach Plezak. Now I'm intrigued yeah. because I mean this is, a, this is a guy who I don't know what happens to your team control after you get released, but I'm I know for a fact he still had renewable years um, where he was at least in arbitration and wasn't free agent eligible. So that's cool. Um, I think that this whole plan, the whole send a Manoa thing down. It's great. I think what kind of sets us back and we kind of skipped over it, maybe a touch, but not really is, um, you know, we, I would feel better. We would all feel better. We'd be saying, Oh, what's Ricky? How's Ricky team and tying it? Uh, you know, right? tying hitters up and right? doing this, but he's hurt right now. So yes. that kind of puts a, a nail into that. You would love to say, Oh yeah, he's already been promoted. He's already this, this, and this at the minor league levels. Like when's he going to be up? But the problem is, is he's hurt and you can't, you can't advance with a young guy like that. You can't advance him farther than what he's already. He hasn't pitched at the next level. You got to go easy on a guy like that. So yeah, maybe not Baumgartner. I mean, if we were a national league team and it was 2008, sign me up for a hitting pitcher. (laughs) Um, I'm more on the please. I'm, I'm, I got a, probably a lot of tweets and, and Google searches after this with please act. Cause I can't, I got to unwrap my head around that for a second, but yeah, we either way, Jesse, we should probably look elsewhere. And it's, it's not even a question. It's, 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 it's got to happen. 
So guys, I have two questions for you then before we continue on here. I want to give our official predictions of when we think Alec Manoa is going to come back in the big leagues. Isaac, you said you think he's going to be back by the end of the month. Riley, you said two months from now, so by the end of August. Those I'm, correct? Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you, well, two months from now. We're at the start of June, so July. I don't closer to the middle of August, maybe is maybe even closer to the early August is what I'm hoping. When's um when's the all-star break? The all-star breaks uh end of July, mid-July? Mid-July. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna change my answer to after all-star break. Okay, guys. First start after all-star break. I will say if there's a chance it happens this season, it'll be in mid-September, but I do not think we're going to see Alec Manoa for the rest of the 2023 season. <laughs> Boom. There it is. <laughs> All right. Wow. That's well, we all that hope you're wrong, including you. So yeah. There wow. you go. <laughs> yeah. Those are Jesse, those are tough words. And coming out of your mouth, I know that like that's you just probably got a sour taste on it's, the end of your tongue, it's man. Just he's a long way away, right? He has so much yeah. work he has to do. If anyone's going to do it, it is going to be Alec Manoa. But I'm I'm I got a lot of doubt in my head. And guys, I got one more question before we put the Alec Manoa case to bed here. What percent chance do you think there will be of Alec Manoa never pitching in the big leagues again? One. Isaac, yeah, you go first. You say 1%. one percent. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's higher. I'm gonna say yeah. it's higher. I'm gonna say it's about a. I'm gonna say it's about a. Uh, if we were to basically, I like to think of percentages. If I was to spin a wheel and it land on a chunk of pie, I'm gonna say that pie is about seven percent. Um, not not pitching in the big leagues again, Jesse. I know you're gonna take a chunk of this and and give us your answer, Jesse. I can't imagine you're gonna say higher than seven percent. I I am. I'm gonna say as high as fifteen percent. Now, if, if I were a betting man here, I would still think Alec Manoa is too talented. He's gonna be back. He's gonna have this things. I. I'm not convinced one, he's going to be the same pitcher that he has been the first two years. Or if he has, it's going to take a long time for him to get back there. There is a chance he just never figures it out. I don't want to bet against that, right? I want to bet that Alec Manoa and the character that Alec Manoa is, is going to figure it out. He's going to be determined. He's going to get better. I believe that. However, there is a chance he just doesn't figure it out and he becomes one of the biggest flameouts. I am not rooting for that. I love Alec Manoa. Some of my best moments at the Dome were cheering for Alec Manoa, but that's what I am worried about coming out of this. Well, hopefully his what? trainers get him on the Spencer Strider leg workouts instead of yeah, the buddy. Ronnie Coleman chest workouts. Because uh, <laughs> if that if that pitching mechanic thing has any truth to it, um, it might just be as simple as that. You know, it might be as simple as literally one thing. And I, I'm sorry, Jesse, I think 15%. I like the shock and awe of it. But there is no way that another team, even if he doesn't figure out with the Jays, doesn't take a flyer on this guy. You're and right. Put him on Somebody will. Roster at Somebody some will. Yeah. Right. Talent so. always gets recognized. Yeah. The opening day starter for your 2029 St. Louis Cardinals, <laughs> Alec <laughs> Manoa. That would hurt. Okay. Oh, yeah. Boys, anything else to add about Alec Manoa before we move on to the rest of the series here? Let's bury that hatchet. We got 25 other guys to talk about. Perfect. <laughs> we only have about 10 minutes time, so let's hammer through these quick. I have the game recaps here, but in game one, Jays lost 11-4. Manoa sucked. The Blue Jays did some good things. Kirk hit a home run. Varsha went deep. Bichette and Kevin Kiermeyer had two hits. Game two, Kevin Gosman was awesome. Jays won 5-1, to one, one of his best starts of the year. And in game three, the Blue Jays won 3-2. to two. It was a close one. Alejandro Kirk had a pinch hit. Go ahead, RBI late. And uh, Chris Bassett was a stud in this one. And then Jordan Romano came in and got the save in the ninth. And the game that just happened again this afternoon, 3-2. to two. Um, Jose Brios looked pretty good in this one. I'll admit, I did not watch this game. I haven't even looked at the box score of this game yet. So I really do not know what happened. All I know 
is the Blue Jays got to win. And I can tell you that after the series, the Blue Jays stand with a record of 36 and 28. We're nine and a half games back of the Rays in the AL East, but we're only half a game back of the Yankees now for that last and final wild card spot. So guys, I guess really quick, if you want to give me a name each or something or a major storyline that you guys caught that really got your attention this series. I'm taking this one because, I mean, if it weren't for this, if this was a three-game series that started on game two, we'd be in a totally different conversation. Um, Got to be Kevin Gosman for me. He started his game off a little rocky, gave up, a, I believe it was a leadoff home run to Dubon, thought, yep. whatever, like we're going to get just crowned this series. But I was wrong. That was the only run he gave up. He also struck out 13 batters. I don't know if he's tied or now the league leader, but he struck out 100 or more batters. Kevin Gosman has been a phenomenal workhorse with innings pitched and strikeouts and not giving up a ton of base on balls and it hits and limiting the long balls. I you know he gave up one in this, but it was nothing. You know, it was, it was a fantastic start. Anytime you go seven and strike out 13, those are numbers that you love to see. And of course, my my came in with my secondary Swanson and then Romano um, to finish off the game with the setup and save. Well, actually, not. I think it was a non-safe situation, five to one. But I mean, you get the picture. Starter goes seven, bullpen goes two, and we walk out only giving up a run on the first batter of the game. Sign me up for that. That was a big comeback after we gave up double-digit runs. Kevin Gosman gets the thumbs up for me for sure. I will say it's been a treat watching Kevin Gosman pitch this year. That is now the sixth time this season he's had double-digit strikeouts in a game. And I was actually watching this game at the time the Blue Jays were up three to one. He's coming up the third time of the order against a very good Houston Astros lineup, the two through five spots in the order. Kevin Gosman goes strikeout, 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 strikeout to finish that appearance against the Houston Astros. He has been so good to watch. My Cy Young pick, you know that if you've been watching the show and all that stuff. Isaac, if you have anything else to add on Gosman, go ahead. If not, do you want to give us another player that caught your attention this series? Uh, I'm going to briefly go over two. I'm going to just start off with uh, one guy, Eric Swanson. I just wanted to give him an honor. I know Riley just mentioned him, but over his last seven games, he's played um he's 7.2 innings with one hit two walks 10 strikeouts and a zero era so could you ask for a better setup man that teoscar trade is looking Mm -hmm. great right now you know for both teams but teoscar uh, leads baseball in strikeouts right now and not in a good way (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay fair enough um I just want to honorably mention him because I know we don't talk too much about relievers in a positive way on this podcast. Um, (laughs) The the other guy I did want to mention was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Because I've given this guy, every time I've been on, I'm giving him heat. Because as I was talking about, Jesse, I hope your golf game was as good as my Toronto Maple Leafs golf game has been recently. And as I was talking about and comparing... The reason that they do not win in the playoffs is because their best players are not their best players. And I've been talking the whole season about how Vladimir Guerrero Jr. needs to be the best player on the Toronto Blue Jays. And this series, he came up with a clutch walk and a clutch hit that brought in a run. And he has been clutch the last two series. I have loved to see it. I think it's a start of what's to come. And I love to see how fired up he is when he does do it. But this is something that's been missing the entire year. And we're winning games now by one run. You know, mm-hmm. th- this is something mm-hmm. early in the year it was going to have to be a blowout or a loss. And now we're winning these games by one round because of great um, relief pitching, starting pitching and timely hits. Finally, Matt Chapman needs to pick it up. But other than that, timely hits from our big guys. I will say Vladimir Guerrero Jr., nine home runs in the year. He has yet to hit one at the Rogers Center. And that just seems ridiculous to me. It is going to come. 
but just hasn't happened yet. Riley, do you have another name or should I take this next one? I just, I want to give, I was staying on pitchers. I don't, I just, you can probably talk about the pitchers after. I thought that Varsho had a fantastic series. He actually, like, he was actually very patient at the plate. Varsho, sometimes a little over aggressive early in the count, swinging at pitches, whatever. Uh, drew a few walks, had a monster shot into right. Um, and defense is still fantastic. This another trade you talk about the Teoscar trade looking good because thank you, Bassie. I love Swanson. He is our eighth inning guy. He's been phenomenal. But another trade that looks very good. I Lourdes and Moreno are, you know, I mean, those are pretty high prices, but we we paid it and we got Varsho and he's starting to come through. Yes, the average is all isn't always great, but the on base is looking a little bit better and the power is real. I mean, double digits is I think just around the corner, I think he's hit nine this year. I think 10 is just around the corner. And from there, it's just on the way up. Our show has been good. I want to throw some love to Chris Bassett here. I just, I'm just going to go over these next, these guys really quick. Cause we are running out of time here. We spent so much time on Alec Manoa, Chris Bassett's line, eight innings pitch, five hits, two earned runs, no walks, five Ks on only 81 pitches. I kind of wanted to see Chris Bassett come out for the ninth, but no harm, no foul as Jordan Romano was able to get the job done there. Him and Kevin Gosman are now tied for the major league league in innings pitched this season, which I think is pretty cool. You didn't really expect that from two year Toronto blue Jays starters. Uh, Brandon belts has been very good, especially he's been good over the last month. He went three, for seven with a home run and a walk in the series. He's now hitting 262, 381, 440 with a 133 WRC plus on the season. And his last 26 games, his 485 on base percentage, the best in baseball for Brandon Belt. And I wanted to throw some love to Kevin Kiermeyer too. Not only is he one of three Toronto Blue Jays hitting over 300 right now, his catch in game three of this series to save a, a batted ball off Jordan Alvarez glove had a 40% catch probability. And Kevin Kiermeyer honestly made this look easy. It is so fun to have him on our side of the diamond now, as opposed to the other side of the diamond and all that stuff. So those three players, guys, Bassett, Belt, Kiermeyer, do you have a quick thought on either of them? thought Bassett was fantastic. I mean, if you were to say, I don't think, uh, we've had a, a pair of um, inning eaters like Bassett and Gosman. I think you'd have to go back. I think the year we had Ted Lilly, I don't know. I think he got hurt, but I think he was poised to throw a lot of innings with um, Doc coming off, um, either going into a Cy Young year or coming off of a Cy Young year. It doesn't matter, but it's been a long time since we have guys who are potentially going the distance. Um, Bassie, I'll hand it over to you. I just wanted to throw in because I thought Bassett's start was absolutely phenomenal. I won't talk about anyone else, but Chris Bassett, again, um, that baby going to do good things in life, and you're doing good things in life. So, I mean, it's he's doing great. One of my Oakland guys, year with the Mets, did great. Came to Toronto. He's doing even better. Isaac, any thought of those players or a player of your own before we wrap it up here? I'll just uh, quickly just touch on Brandon Bell. This was one guy that, you know, when I was at the last Blue Jay game, I was like, get this guy off my team. And mm, do I look stupid for that? Yeah. Do we all look, you know, I think, I think you guys did say it on the pod here. Just give him a, give him some more time. Cause I'm sure he'll figure it out. Um, especially because of his injury and stuff last year. And it's looking good to have that power left hand bat. Now he still hasn't found his power, but the guy is still getting hits. So, you know, if he starts to get a little bit more of that power, it's going to be nice to see, but having a nice left-handed bat that you, can put in the middle of your order is something we haven't had for a long time. 
All right, guys, that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Isaac, it's always great when you can join the show. Riley, it's always good to have you here as well. Thank you both for joining us. And if you guys watching at home, you have a thought about Alec Manoa, you have a thought about anything else, leave a comment down below. We'll interact with you on there and all that fun stuff. Remember, guys, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere you can find your podcast. You can find the Buds and Blue Jays show. Please like the video on your way out and subscribe to the channel. We'll be back again later next week to do a recap of the upcoming series against the Minnesota Twins. Guys, start with you, Riley. Do you have any last words before we head out of here? Yes. Uh, to clean up the mess, I want to give a little bit of love to Jay Jackson. He went two and two thirds, yep. struck out four batters, only gave up two hits. Small mark because we were down so much in that ball game. But Jay Jackson, a good depth piece we added. Just wanted to get that in. And Isaac, how about you? Go vote for your Toronto Blue Jays to make the All-Star game. Yeah, um, vote, votes are ups now, so uh, get your five in. Make sure Bo Bichette gets in under, under one, over Wonder Franco for that starting All-Star spot. With you there, send Kevin Gosman and maybe Whit Merrifield, might I add, to the All-Star game as well. But we'll be back again later next week. Until then, guys, we'll see you later. Thanks, guys. See ya.